0: Welcome back to the Starbase Indie podcast, where we talk to and about people who are inspired by Star Trek or science fiction to work towards hopeful futures in the real world.
1: Hello, I am Matthew Barron. I am a author, uh, occasional graphic novelist, uh, occasional playwright, uh, and who also writes short stories and books, uh, who has been going to Starbase Indie for many, many years, and volunteered a few times as well and keep coming back year after year even in fortunately they haven't tried to kick me out yet
0: um what was your first star city? do you
1: remember did you say when oh good question i went to a few of the slanted fedora ones Mm -hmm. like i don't back in like the 80s right uh I, i did one in the late 90s right and then right before So yeah, I did one in the very late 90s, and then I did one in the two, one or possibly two in the 2000s, right before the local Starbase Indie group took it back over.
0: Yeah, and then uh, the Triumber took it over in 2004.
1: Okay, okay, so yeah, probably, yeah. So before 2004, I went to a couple. And then Mm -hmm. when Starbase Indie took over, I was more, I became more consistently
0: um so when did you first start liking science fiction and star trek
1: oh let's see i was probably before i was five years old i was trying to remember you know my earliest memory of watching star trek and it had to be before i was five uh i remember you know when i first started watching star trek i you know it was ray 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 guns and cool aliens and uh mr spock was a superhero of course uh, but then uh, as I got older, I got to appreciate, you know, some of the other things, the social commentary, the science, the concepts, um, I got to appreciate, so I kind of sort of grew into those things. I could appreciate it on one level as a kid, and then I grew to appreciate it um, on other levels as I got older. <clears throat> and then one of the other shows I watched at that young age was Incredible Hulk with Bill Bixby and Lou Ferrino. Right, right. I was just thinking recently how kind of cool or weird, maybe it is that two of my favorite characters at that age were Mr. Spock and the Incredible Hulk, who both had this uh, distinction between their their emotional brain and their logical, rational brain.
0: Oh yeah, that makes sense. As you were starting to say that, I was just thinking, and because they both have a certain relationship to color green, but that's not it.
1: Oh, that too, that's right. Yes.
0: Did you also like Kermit the Frog?
1: I did. Ooh. So maybe it's
0: the green thing.
1: The connections. It's not easy being green.
0: It's not easy being green. That's what they say. And <laughs> and Kermit would know.
1: No, he would know. Yeah. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. So you have created books and graphic novels and pl- uh, one play, just one play so Dude far? Two plays. Two plays. Okay. And a movie even. Yeah. So what's your favorite medium? What do you <laughs> like creating in the most?
1: I was thinking about this and I would I think I'm gonna have to say short stories I love I love all kinds of different mediums of storytelling but short stories are so with a short story because it's so short you can get more immediate feedback Mm
0: -hmm.
1: you can uh you can like every word can contribute to some sort of concept or premise you're going for or a mood you're going for um and it you know and and it's a challenge too to like you know, to have a, satisf- a complete satisfying story uh, with characters you care about in a short amount of space. Uh, you could you could pack a lot of punch into a very, by by making it so compact uh, and having everything contribute to, to what you're going for. The other thing with short stories is you could do it completely by yourself. So as an introvert, uh, I can just sit in my basement and, hammer this thing out all all on my own which you know a mo- lot of most people didn't get into writing because they love going out and trying to sell themselves and uh, so I was pretty pretty uh disheartened when I found out oh wait that's a major part of the job of writing is going out and selling yourself
0: <clears throat> yeah yeah that's definitely a, a a component of it isn't it
1: yeah but other other stories just beg to be told in another medium though like phantom of fountain square begged to be a play Uh, but when you do a play you've got to get other people involved actors a director if you're lucky um props you got to keep track of money and where all the money's going and how much money you're getting in and um or a graphic novel unless you're doing all the art yourself like sometimes you're writing a story and you can see the splash page in your head of the art and you want and you want to see that artwork going with the story but then if unless you're doing all the art yourself you got to recruit some other people to help you out
0: yeah so in addition to all of your creative endeavors you have a day job that is in the sciences mixing and analyzing human blood um, so you have a pretty specific and rare skill set, as I understand it. So tell me about what that niche is and, and how you got started in that.
1: Yeah, it's a pretty weird uh, niche, I guess you'd say. Uh, I mean, it sounds cooler than it is, but uh, basically I, I work in flow cytometry. And in flow it cytometry. That does sound cool.
0: Flow <laughs> cytometry does sound
1: cool. Yeah, I should uh, use that as a pickup line. Hi, I work in flow cytometry. <laughs> Unless people actually know what it is, in which case it's not a turn on at all.
0: You never can tell.
1: Maybe, yeah, maybe if you're a sciencey, maybe I don't know. But so flow so cycle. Cytom- what is
0: flow cytometry?
1: <laughs> flow cytometry is uh so we treat um in my particular job, we're looking at white blood cells and we're treating uh the white blood cells with an, an antibody uh that's linked to a, a color and that So so those antibodies stick to an antigen on the white blood cell uh, because we want to identify what kind of a white blood cell that is. And then we send it through this machine one cell at a time and we count them and we identify what kinds of cells those are. And Mm -hmm. at my particular job, we're looking for leukemia lymphoma. And so if you look at um, leukemia lymphoma under a microscope or like, Uh, Or if you look at a very immature, let's call it a baby white blood cell under a microscope, they pretty much all look kind of the same. Uh, So in order to find out what kind of cell, if it had developed normally, we can find out what antigens, what little tiny molecules are sticking off the edge of those cells. And if we can figure out what those are, then we can say, well, if that cell had developed normally, it would have been in this line of cells. And then that determines like what kind of leukemia or lymphoma that patient has and that then determines how you treat it and what the prognosis is.
0: So how did you get into this specific and rare area of blood analysis?
1: Yeah, it's kind of uh, kind of weird. I just I, I studied medical laboratory science sometimes called clinical laboratory science in at ISU Indiana State in Terre Haute, Indiana and got a job in a laboratory and uh, at one of my laboratory jobs, I started doing CD4, CD8 subsets, which is like um, that's a specific type of T cell. So it was a it was a very basic sort of uh, flow test. And then based on that, I ended up getting hired at another place where they did flow cytometry. And then and then I got hired at my current job where we do uh, pretty much exclusively. I do exclusively pretty much flow cytometry now at my current job. So kind of just like. I had a background in me- in medical lab stuff, and they just on the job kind of fell into flow cytometry, and now it's a very yeah it is a very niche kind of a thing. Like around the country, like you know we we can we tend to stick once we get a flow job, we kind of hang into it, and then when people need flow people, it's like they really want you know people with that knowledge. But then the rest of the world has no idea what it is or cares what that is.
0: That's probably not uncommon in in the sort of science that is practical bench science on a day to day basis, where you 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 go down a rabbit hole and it isn't necessarily the you know where you plan to end up, but it was just a rabbit hole you ended down, and mm-hmm. and now all of a sudden you're a you know specialist in something. <laughs> Um, so you've got the creative work and the scientific work. How do they feed each other?
1: Oh yeah, even even as a little kid, I remember uh, in science class. You know, I would I would remember science concepts not because I was supposed to or needed to study for a test, but because it sounded really cool and it would inspire me. And I would try to visualize what they were describing going on, or I would say, "Ooh, what's the story potential of that? How could that work as a story?" and then also writing science or reading science fiction or watching science fiction as a kid also the same thing like ooh that's a thing you know like that's a real thing or or is it a real thing um -hmm. you know even some of the weird stuff you know that's scientifically implausible nowadays like Edgar Rice Burroughs like at earth's core where you would go you know people walking upside down on an inverted planet earth with the core of the earth is the sun it's Mm -hmm. fun to think about not you know obviously not plausible but fun to think about um so yeah i still you know still do that today still you know think try to visualize it all something happens at work you know and i'm like well that's weird that's cool
0: how did you how do i make that into my next movie
1: (laughs) yeah (laughs) how would that be a story
0: Mm Hmm. I mean, that's what science fiction is right
1: playing with ideas what what if yeah i yeah i remember in college uh learning that the the nervous system of your digestive tract and the nervous system of your your central nervous system is only connected by one bundle of nerves and if you sever that bundle of nerves it's almost like your digestive tract is like has a self-contained nervous system completely distinct from the rest of your body and it has some of the same neurotransmitters and, and i'm like, that's, that's I don't know, I remember just being like, whoa, it's almost like another being. And your digestive tract can dream. <laughs> you know, like what? So that's like, the
0: enteric brain, right? Basically, that you're talking about? Is that the yes. word term for it? Yeah.
1: I believe so, yeah. Uh,
0: how do you, How did you know that it dreams?
1: Uh, when you're, uh, you know, your stomach starts to like, act like it's digesting something, but you're not actually eating. It's dreaming that you're digesting something.
0: Oh. Cool. <laughs> huh. All right. Um see these are cool concepts. Isn't
1: that weird? Yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs>
1: and now you're gonna have nightmares tonight while you're or your digestive tract maybe will have nightmares tonight thinking about this.
0: Uh m- m- maybe. Um We're going to change the subject now. So you've been involved (laughs) in. Um, So you have been involved in local conventions for years. So how did you first get started going to conventions?
1: Yeah, well, I'm from a small town and we didn't have any. I mean, I heard about conventions and dreamed about going to conventions uh, because as a kid, there was very few people in small town America uh, that you could talk about weird geeky stuff with. Uh, so to go to a convention was like this, this fantasy. And the first time I would go to a convention, it was to see, you know, yeah, I think I went with a friend and we went specifically to see the guests, the celebrity guests. Who was it? Uh, gosh, who was it? I think Mr. Sulu was there, George Takai. Um, we had, we had dessert with him and the dinner with the stars, I think uh Dana.
0: that might have been the first star Wars that might have been 88
1: no it was no. after that no because i was okay yeah i wasn't up here yet it was it would have been oh, a...
0: it wasn't here that was somewhere different
1: it was here it was here let oh, okay. like yeah it was like and i think marina certes was here possibly i don't know i may be getting them all mixed up but i know um but it, yeah but anyway i mean we went to see the celebrity guests and then uh after a while, though, I got to meet the people, you know, and, and it became kind of a tradition. Starbase is Thanksgiving weekend or, or around Thanksgiving weekend every year. And mm-hmm. it became a thing that you can kind of count on. And you go back uh, to no matter who the celebrity guest is, I, I keep coming back.
0: <laughs> yeah. I, you know, I was uh just having that conversation with someone that this is. Uh, we were looking over some of the surveys that we have sent out this year and people have responded to and people like our, how friendly our guests are. And then there are people who are like, yeah, but if you just had different guests and and <laughs> but the thing is, and I, you've heard me tell this story for years, but there are people every year who are like, well, I don't know who your guests are. I'm like, but don't you trust me by now? Because they all have fantastic stories from the stage. Because I've had so many people who are like, I didn't even know who these people were before I came, but oh my gosh, they were so cool. And that the, or the names that you don't even know are on all of these shows. These character actors know, you know, they get to know everybody and they have all of these great stories.
1: And and Starbase Indie is small enough where you get, um, in most cases, I mean, I'm sure there are exceptions, but in most cases you can, Often have a conversation with some of these celebrities.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and, and it's not like at other conventions where you just get in line and, you know, get the photo off and then never see them again.
0: Yeah, that's, I mean, it's definitely one of the things that we optimize for and that I think people have come to expect from us and likely to continue to be true. <laughs> <laughs> so aside from Starbase Indie, mm-hmm. which convention is your favorite?
1: <laughs> well, we just had In Conjunction, uh, mm-hmm. which happens in uh, July, usually usually around 4th of July weekend. It's almost like a sister con in a yep. way to Starbase. Andrew. Oh, yeah. A lot of the same people, you'll see a lot of the same people. There's a lot of similarities, similar size. Um, they do focus a little uh, more on uh, literary writing, written science mm-hmm. fiction and fantasy, and, and a little more on art. And whereas Starbase Indie concentrates a little more on uh, television and science, uh, fic- or television and movies, um, both have some science uh, programming, um, and of course, so there's a lot of crossover between what you'll see at both cons, and and a little bit that makes them distinct as well.
0: Yeah, yeah, the Incon is definitely in that literary con tradition, and Starbase kind of grew out of the media con mm-hmm. tradition, and then we mashed it up with science. Uh, which makes us a little weird, new, unusual the last couple of years. But I mean, that's all
1: right. But I, well, yeah, well, I mean, I love that. I know some people may not love it as much. I I think there's, you know, room for both. Plus the, you're, you're still using science fiction as sort of the gateway to the science. So you're still talking sci-fi and science. And plus I love science. So the science programming is is really fun and cool.
0: Well, and so much of the so many of the people who enjoy science fiction also enjoy science, even Mm -hmm. if it's not something they do in their in their day job or somewhere else in their life, what we were just talking about I you know, I bet a lot of our attendees would be fascinated to know that they're gut dreams. (laughs) fascinated, horrified, you know, body's (laughs) a weird place, I'm just saying. Um, But like those kinds of things and what would it be like to, what's the reality of getting people to Mars? And and that stuff is, they go together in, in a lot of ways. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. So you have been attending Starbase Indy for many years and presenting at Starbase Indie for many years. What do you love about Starbase Indie?
1: Oh, there's so much to love. Uh, I love that they're doing the real, more of the, of the real life science programming and tying that to science fiction. I love the geeky panels on weird stuff that I thought no one else would ever be interested in except for me. Uh, I love the evening activities like live music and bar fleet. Um Above all else, though, like I mentioned earlier, I love the people I, I've often stopped on my way to a cool panel to talk to somebody and miss the whole panel because I would, I would just enjoy this conversation so much. And I've met so many cool people over the years through Starbase, no matter who the guests are I always come back just to, to see the people again.
0: I think that's a, a lot of our population, Um that people come in and even if they show up the first time because they're excited about a guest, but a lot of times they come back because they've fallen in love with people. That was certainly my experience. Yeah. Um, I, I met I, you at
1: Starbase. I would not know yeah. you for Starbase.
0: Right? Yeah, and I i mean, my first Starbase was 2006, and by one day in, I was like, oh my gosh, these are my people. I didn't know where they were, and now I found them. Yeah. <laughs> And, and here I am 15 years later and st- still involved, you could say. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you've done creative work in all of these different areas. Where can people find you online so they can check out your work?
1: Oh, thank you so much for asking. Uh, submatterpress.com uh, is uh, my personal website. And and then uh, I also have uh, MatthewBaron.com, which will go to my Amazon author site. Um, I believe it's on Facebook I believe it's at author Matthew Barron on Facebook and I think it's author M Barron on Twitter I would have to look but
0: uh, I think that's right actually I was
1: looking you up yeah thanks (laughs) um
0: what are you working on next what are you working on now
1: I am working on um I'm working on a short story involving my character Jack Mailer from Waking Terror and from uh, Buried Curses, my last two things. And I've got some other, uh, so a couple other things that I'm kind of like, you know, I'm, I'm struggling, starting and stopping on. And I've got, um, I call them, I call them logic gaps, you know, things that in your head, you, that they, you it seems so great. And it's, oh, it's going to be so perfect. And then you start writing it and you're like, wait, that doesn't make sense. And so you, so it's got, it goes back in the incubator for a while while you try to think through the logic gaps.
0: Yeah, I'm familiar with this phenomenon. Like, oh, I could just sit down and write that. Oh no.
1: Oh wait. <laughs> it's not
0: ready to come out yet. All right, that's fine. I'll let it, I'll go let it marinate.
1: <laughs> yeah, the marinator. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. The cerebral marinator, <laughs> patent pending.
0: You're having to digest the ideas more so maybe it's not the cerebral marinator, Maybe it's the enteric marinator yeah, <laughs> It's marinator. in the other brain. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, Matthew, thank you so much for talking to us today. And uh, I know you will be speaking at Starbase this year, but I also know we haven't quite finalized exactly what you're talking about. So
1: Yeah, we have yeah, we have not quite finalized that. We're talking about a couple different ideas. Mm-hmm. I know last year I did the group Flash Fiction workshop. Uh, which is on my website. You can actually see the results of that uh, group flash fiction that we did last year as uh, and as well as the other uh, group flash flash fictions that we've done. So a group flash fiction is we get together and whoever shows up, we write a story together in uh, in a very short amount of time. And so it's it's both it's fun and it's weird and you never know what's going to happen because there's no plan. Like for me, I get nervous and I prepare by like trying to figure out what I'm gonna do, but there's no way to plan for this. You just show up and I ask some some probing questions and then we, we, you know, we'll shout out ideas, we'll vote and I will type as we go. And we hope by the end, we'll have a story.
0: That is great fun. I will uh, find the link and make sure it's in the show notes so people can find Yay, it. Yay, cool. Thank you. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks so much for talking to us and uh,
1: we'll see you on the Starbase. Thank you, Lisa. Oh, Fun as always.
0: Thanks for listening to the Starbase Indie podcast. To find more information about our live event this November, check us out at starbaseindie.org or on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. See you on the Starbase.